Thanks so much for being with us on this Friday morning. Well, as we have talked about before, the opioid crisis in this province has claimed thousands of lives. Much of those overdose deaths linked to fentanyl, whether or not it's pure fentanyl or cut in with another drug. And some new research out of the United States shows there is also a link between a new syndrome and the and prenatal uh, people who uh, use fentanyl and when it is exposed to a fetus prenatally. Well, the research takes place in the United States, but could that also be happening here in Canada? Well, joining me to talk more about that is Dr. Karen Grip, clinical geneticist, also a pediatrician at Nemours Children's Health at Wilmington, Delaware. Dr. Grip, thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you for your interest in this study. We appreciate it. Well, it's an important study uh, looking at what's happening with fentanyl, with babies that may have been exposed to fentanyl. I know this was done in the United States, but we certainly have an opioid crisis here in BC as well. What exactly was this study looking at? So we were seeing patients who came to us clinically for a number of birth differences. And as we usually do in clinical genetics, we try to understand what the reason for these birth differences is. And we suspected a genetic condition called smith lemley opitz syndrome based on the patient's findings. But we were unable to make a specific genetic diagnosis. We were struck by the similarities amongst these patients. And what they all had in common was the prenatal exposure a large amount of fentanyl because the mothers had a fentanyl use disorder. And so we were concerned that maybe this exposure was the reason for these birth defects. And that's how it started. We collected patients who were very similar to each other. We ruled out causes that we could identify other than the fentanyl. And we found that there's no genetic reason, but that these patients share the severe prenatal fentanyl exposure. So that's how we got started. Is it something like when in the past we've heard about fetal alcohol syndrome or where babies have been exposed to other drugs at that very early stage? Yes, I think that is an excellent analogy. We view it as similar to fetal alcohol syndrome possibly in that it's a large amount of exposure throughout pregnancy, including early pregnancy, that sometimes can cause these severe birth defects, but not in every child that was exposed. So we don't know what other contributing factors there might be. With that kind of that common denominator, though, that there had been prenatal exposure to fentanyl, did you look specifically at how much exposure there was or were there differences depending on, on how, much, uh, how much the exposure was? That is a very good and important question. And unfortunately, that's a very hard to answer question because of the circumstances of these pregnancies. These mothers did not have a lot of prenatal care and they did not document the amount of fentanyl they used. So while this is a very important question, it is not one that we can answer, and it would take much larger study prospectively enrolling women to see what goes on in the pregnancy, and that is very hard information to gather. So unfortunately, we don't have these details. What we do know is that these were moms who had an opioid use disorder who were not using small amounts of drugs, but rather large amounts consistently. 
And you talked about what was happening, this this the syndrome that was apparent when when you were dealing or or talking with mothers where there had been that prenatal fentanyl exposure. What types of characteristics or what types of of anomalies were consistent? The children have very striking facial features with a relatively short nasal tip, a little bit of droopy eyes, a small chin, and many also had a cleft palate. In addition to having hand abnormalities with a single crease in each palm and thumbs that are relatively short and broad and held in an abducted position, they had foot position abnormalities sometimes called Rocabrata mortalitis equinovarus, and many of the males had some genital abnormalities. All of these patients had severe feeding difficulties. Most had a relatively small head size, and many who had brain imaging studies had a diffuse thinning of the part of the brain that connects the two halves, the corpus callosum. So there were a number of findings that we looked at and that many of these patients shared. So it's, it sounds like pretty serious side effects or serious uh, consequences from, from being exposed to fentanyl, uh, prenatal exposure. Are these life-lasting uh, uh, conditions or, or would a baby, is, is there a, a chance for babies to kind of recover from this? That's a very good question. The physical findings can certainly be addressed either by surgery or physical therapy. The effects on brain development and the long-term effects, we don't know much about. And it's really hard to know what this will mean for the long-term development, learning, and emotional health of these patients. Again, when you look at the analogy to fetal alcohol syndrome, we know that these effects are lifelong, and even in the absence of striking physical findings, they can have significant emotional and learning effects and behavior issues. So we don't know, but we are certainly concerned for these patients, and that's why we wanted to make people aware of this concern so that larger additional studies can happen and we can learn more. And uh, I wanted to ask you that as well, because I know this study was done in, in various locations in the United States, but is it uh, not an assumption, but is it something that could further be studied and, and it would be likely then in other cases, and, and certainly BC is dealing with a, an issue with fentanyl, that this is likely happening elsewhere? I would suspect so if we are right in that it is the fentanyl that's causing this problem and you have similar fentanyl use disorder cases, I would expect that this also happens in other locations. We are currently expecting to hear from other physicians who identify these patients. And so far, we have already heard from several affected families as well as from additional cases of the United States, but I have not heard from cases internationally. Well, it's uh, certainly uh, a very um, an interesting study and uh, very concerning looking at what's happening and what has been found so far. Dr. Grip, we'll leave it there for today, but thank you so much for taking the time with us. Yeah, thank you for your interest. Appreciate it. That is Dr. Karen Grip, clinical geneticist, as well. She's also a pediatrician at Nemours Children's Health in Wilmington, Delaware.